0: On that note, we're going to talk about the safety of the shepherd today and the places that he takes us, the, the things that he does for us, the things that he, he gives us opportunity for. And if you were around last week, we talked about Sabbath and we talked about rest and that the Lord would be our shepherd and he would make me lie down. And some of you need permission. Say, God, would you let me rest? Uh, but some of you need to be forced because you work too hard and you need to be forced to take time to rest. and as I've said, the Sabbath is not, to, is not a rest and recovery from work, rather it is a, a moment of, of being filled with purpose and calling from the Savior, to remind us who we really are in him, who, who in, in his moments of Sabbath it's, it's God being able to it's, it, sorry it's being able to position ourselves with God for him to be able to speak into our lives to say, look, you are my son, you are my daughter, you are my child. I'm well pleased with you. Here's your next step. Here's your goal for this week. And however you do Sabbath, I think a lot of us, we would come to church on Sunday as maybe part of it. But however you, you make that work in your life, we want you to experience the rest that God is offering. He said, God created the earth, and then on the seventh day, he rested. And it wasn't because he was tired. He just wanted to, to, to teach that there's patterns that exist for our benefit. And he says, get involved, get into the habits, get into the routine of spending time with me and in my creation. Now, I don't know about you. I think we live in one of the best parts in the world to experience Sabbath. Because it doesn't take much for us to get alone when we live on the North Shore. Um, you could walk five minutes around town and see nobody sometimes. Uh, what great times to be alone uh, with God. And not to mention, what one of the most beautiful places in the world to be with God is in the middle of his creation, right where we are here. Now, if you're online, I'm, I don't know where you are all watching from today, but some of you don't live here and you are missing out, so you should move here and... You can move in with Katie and Brandon if you really want to. This is uh, this is really an invitation for Brandon's grandmother who watches every week. It's so good to have you with us, Brenda. And uh, we would welcome you to Terrace Bay if you could handle the cold. The cold. I don't know why I say it like that. You can, the cold. You can handle the cold. It's it's hot. It's cold. In my balls. Sorry. Right, I'm just gonna. Wow. It's good. She's going to think that's an impersonation now. I met her once, and it's definitely not. So anyways, um, Brandon's grandma, you're welcome to join us if you can handle the cold. And if you're not Brandon's grandmother and you're watching this from afar, you could move in with uh, Frank. He's probably got an extra. You can move in with Frank. And uh, we'd love to have you here until you find your own place as well. And um, yeah, yeah, I don't know if Frank changed his name. You can move with Amy's dad, since we don't know his name anymore. How does that sound? But we live in one of the most beautiful places in the entire world, I think. And so how easy is it for us to get alone, to spend time with God in the middle of the beauty of his creation? You can't... Look around and not see the glory of God revealed uh, in his creation around us. Now, there's some incredible places around the world. I would say go see them if you're able to. Get get some experience that way and just see all the wonders and the amazing things. I, I'll, I'll never forget this message when I was just a young kid, hardly understood anything about the Bible. And uh, one of our pastors was speaking. And he's talking about the beauty of the earth. And he talks about everything and the places that he's traveled, the the world scenes that he has seen before. And he talks about the beauty of everything. And then he goes, isn't it amazing how beautiful it is and yet it's cursed? And everyone kind of just stood back and looked and, and read through the Bible, read through the book, read through the stories and went, yeah, that's incredible. So just imagine, just imagine then how God's perfect creation in, in his perfection, would look. In other words, just imagine, if we think how beautiful our cursed earth is, just imagine how beautiful heaven is for a minute. If you have to, close your eyes and just imagine how beautiful, how majestic, how holy, how amazing our eternal home really is. Not to say it's not going to look like the beauty we see around here. Because God is actually restoring this earth through Jesus Christ. He's restoring us through Jesus Christ to make us a new creation. And so I think the beauty that we see here, I think is just going to be incredibly enhanced. If we think it's beautiful now, just wait till the Lord comes again and establishes his kingdom here forever and ever and ever. Just imagine the fishing that we'll get to do in heaven, Frank. Imagine how big the fish really will be. You won't have to lie anymore of how big the fish was that you caught because we won't lie in heaven. You won't even need a fish in line. (laughs) Now, I don't know if we're going to be doing hunting and all that in heaven, but uh, I know some people that would love to continue hunting in heaven. Maybe the animal would die and give us food and it would come back to life. I have no idea how that would work, but uh, it doesn't matter because we're going to be so in awe and wonder and in love with our life with God forever in heaven that... um, Those things aren't going to concern us very much. And I believe today, as we talk about Psalm 23, this really is a picture of heaven. Because it's a picture of what it's like to be in the presence of God. It's a picture of what it's like to have God with us 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. No matter the season, no matter the hardship, no matter the victory, no matter the glory. This is a picture of what heaven looks like. And I'm going to read today from Psalm 23 from the New American Standard Bible, or N-A-S-B, if you will. And this is what it says. If you don't know Psalm 23 by now, um, come to church every week this year and you will hear it and you will know it by the end of this year. The Lord is my shepherd. I will not be in need. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for the, na- for the sake of his name. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod, your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Certainly goodness and faithfulness will follow me all the days of my life, and I and my dwelling will be in the house of the Lord forever." Now, Chad, I put a picture up there. I think it says 23 and 23. Uh, You to just put that picture up for a moment, if you wouldn't mind. Oh, good, he's made a sound. I thought maybe he fell asleep or something. There we go. He was very quiet back there, Chad. Okay, so you can't really see it that well, but there's lots of green around this. I was like, hey, that's a nice picture to use to talk about, you know, the presence and the calm and the peace that comes with being in God's presence and nice little river flowing there. Now, that's not even still water. I don't even know if a sheep would eat out of that one or not, but we see this Psalm 23. We think of this word green pastures. And I don't have a picture of Scotland or rolling hills or anything, but um, this is the, the idea that we get when he says, he lets me lie down in green pastures. Now, I was so tempted this morning to get the green makeup out and make my face all green or get like a Frankenstein ma- mask and call myself the green pastor. But I just thought, I can't do it. That's too ridiculous. It's too over the top. And um, I, I don't think you came to church to see Frankenstein Gary today. And so I, it was just a really bad joke I had to get off my chest all week. Yeah. Now, here's, here's the thing about green pastures. We're going we're gonna to talk about this in a minute here. But let's, let's just rewind. Let's look at the bigger picture and the purpose of this psalm this morning. The Lord is my shepherd. I will not be in need. He makes me lie down in green pastures, leads me beside quiet or still waters, restores my soul, guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. I can't wait for the next like three weeks because we're going to talk all about how the Lord leads us, how the Lord guides us. Pastor Katie, take notes because she's preaching in two weeks on this. And uh, she knows, I'll give her the notes later. It's okay. Uh, I'm really excited because that's the easy one in my mind, right? Like, I'm like, let's go, let's do it. Like, I'm very much an action-oriented person. So when you say, like, Gary, just settle down and rest, I'm like, what? (laughs) Like, there's moments where I like to sleep in and be lazy, but laziness isn't rest. I don't know if you know that. It's okay sometimes to be lazy. Like, Friday, my wife was lazy. She needed to be lazy that day. And so that was good. I think I was lazy on Friday, too. What did I do on Friday? Anyway, it doesn't matter. I, I'm very much the action-oriented, go, go, go kind of person. So when I'm like, okay, the Lord is leading me. What are we doing? Where are we going? Like, let's, let's get the shovels in the ground. Let's, let's do this. That's, that's who I am. And so I'm excited about, about those messages. But let's look at the big picture here. Uh, the last line of the psalm is going to give it all away for the rest of the year. And my dwelling will be in the house of the Lord forever. And I'll, Or maybe you've heard it. I will dwell in the house for the Lord for all of my days. Uh, there's this idea of presence that exists. Uh, and as we understand the context that David is writing and the things that David has been through, we understand that life could be a little bit crazy. It's not always tranquil and peaceful and, and beautiful. And, and we know from David's life and his experiences becoming king, it was quite, he knew that from a young child, if you read through the book of Samuel, first and Second Samuel, he knew that he was anointed to be king as a young boy. And yet he went through trial upon trial. He had to slay a giant to get there. He had to basically run for his life. Uh, he had lots of opportunities to take the life of his predecessor. He never did. And he waited patiently for the Lord's timing. He did what he had to do. He went through thick and thin, thin, up and down, all around. He went through everything he possibly could go through. And out of that experience, we believe that David is likely writing this psalm when he first becomes king, maybe around that time. And he's taking the perspective of his life as that through the eyes of his sheep, following him. And he says, no matter what I've been through, no matter how far I've gone, no matter the trials and tribulations of my life, the Lord has always been with me. And because the Lord has always been with me, I have incredible amounts of peace. In his presence, for example, my soul is restored from verse three. In my life, I have never been in need of anything when the Lord has been my shepherd. If I was hungry, I had food. If I had no place to sleep, he would providing me a shelter. When I was running for my life, he provided me protection. And today he makes me lie down or he lets me lie down in green pastures. There's something that I want us to catch this year. And it's something that we preach about usually only at Christmas time. And it's the word Emmanuel, the name of our Savior, God with us. Now, Emmanuel is a, is a great Christmas message to preach, about, but the fact is, is that Emmanuel doesn't exist for Christmas time alone. Emmanuel, God with us, is, is, is a position that we take from the very beginning of time, from the book of Genesis. It reminds us that God planned from the beginning to be with us, for us to always be in his presence. He created a space in the garden, we call it the Garden of Eden. He created a space in this world for us to be in his presence Always. God with us. Emmanuel. It reflects God's desire and our privilege. Emmanuel is not just a Christmas story. It's God's plans and purposes have always been for us to be in relationship with him. To dwell among the people he created. It was initiated in the Garden of Eden, reflected in the purpose of the temple. As we read about, he created a space once Adam and Eve, once humanity was separate from God. God still made a way for humanity to connect with him. He still made a way for us to connect to heaven, for us to experience his presence. And today and this year, I really want us to live in pursuit of God's manifest, obvious presence I want people, when they walk by you on the street, when they walk into your place of work, I want them to see God in you and his presence in and through your life. Why do you do the things that you do? Why do you see the things that you do? Because the presence of God is so strong in your life. The presence of God is shaping me, it's guiding me, it's leading me. The things that I used to say, I don't say anymore. The things I used to do, I don't do anymore. The places I used to go, I don't go anymore. Why? Because God has changed and transformed my life. I want the presence of God to be so incredibly obvious. That's why we see the manifest presence of God. And I think we learn a few of those things by studying Psalm 23. God's present in us, through us, and God's presence around us, in us, and through us. And so today, how do we experience the presence of God in green pastures? Now, uh, a pasture, in case you don't know the definition, we don't have a lot of pastures around here, but it's plants, uh, such as grass, grown for feeding, especially for the grazing of animals, a land or a plot of land used for grazing, feeding of livestock, those types of things. Uh, The dictionary paints a picture in our minds of wide open fields full of lush grass, perhaps flowers, a few trees, uh, kind of like this beautiful meadow. We also take the Bible's green pastures to mean that God supplies everything we need in amazing abundance. Which is a beautiful picture that we like to believe. God, you provide me this beautiful field, an unlimited supply of everything that I need in amazing abundance. But that's not what David is saying when he talks about green pastures. And so Chad, go to the next slide there. That's after this one. Showed a few pictures like this before. Um, it, it's kind of hard to see with the um, the sun is so bright and the snow is so so shiny and reflective. Katie says we should get blinds. I say let the light shine in. But now I wish we had blinds. You'd see the detail of this picture a little bit more. But does that look like a green pasture to you? Anybody at all? Does that look green to you? If it does, we're going to get your eyes checked the vet is coming in in april i think or may maybe the vet can look at your eyes i don't know if that works although most animals are colorblind so it wouldn't matter but that's the green pasture that david looks at when he says the lord lets me lie down in green pastures this is what david is looking at not very green if you ask know, I've said this a little bit last week as well. Areas around Jerusalem, the hillsides are mainly dirt, sand, not a lot of lush green grass. All you find is a bunch of rocks, maybe a sprig of grass popping up here and there. And so what does David mean when God makes him lie down in these green pastures? To our, of course, modern eye, Western perspective, we see no green place to take a nap, to rest, to just... Have you ever seen um, Scrooge McDuck at all? Um, just basking in piles and piles of gold and money? Like this is what I think we like, had green pastures. This is what it's getting at. This is the image that comes to mind, right? I have more than I need. I have everything that I need and more. Like I'm, I'm rich. I'm just full of, of resource, that's the image that comes to mind when we read green pastures, but that's not what David is saying. David is saying, God makes me lie down in green pastures, and this is what he's talking about. These tiny little plants that sprout up between the lines. I don't know if you can see the lines on there. We're going to talk about those lines and we talk about how the Lord leads us and how he guides us on the paths of righteousness, um, but that's a message for another day. Stay tuned. It's very exciting. I can't wait. That's the commercial, by the way, for next week. So what does David mean when he says green pastures? Well, it's certainly not uh, piles of money we get to roll around in. Imagine starving, and uh, someone puts you in the middle of a Costco bulk food section, and you know, you're starving in the desert after fasting or something crazy, or you go to a, uh, you go to a Chinese buffet after you know, 40 days of fasting, and you just think, this is all the food in the world. I have everything that I need right here. Um, has anyone ever been to a Mandarin restaurant before? Like incredible buffets, just food everywhere as far as the eye can see. It's very expensive. Um, bring a teenager to get your money's worth, I guess. Um, but that's what we think of when we think green pastures. And, and, and actually what, what David is saying is like, no, there's, there's no buffet. That's not the green pasture I'm talking about. Psalm 23 verse 2 um, is, is not talking about those kinds of pastures. Now, just like where we live, there's certain seasons we get. Sometimes it rains, sometimes it snows. And lately it rains when it's supposed to be snowing, like two weeks ago. Ridiculous. There's still ice everywhere. It's unbelievable. And so, I love kids. They're awesome. No stories. All right. But we know what seasons are like. And so this desert gets... About 25 centimeters of rain a year, I think it is, or 23 inches of rain, um, which doesn't produce, obviously, a lot of grass, but, but there are seasons that we go through in life that can feel rather, rather dry, and these are the seasons that David talks about. In my season of dryness, God, you give me a green pasture to lie down and to find rest in. Um, I don't know... If you've ever been in a dry season, maybe nothing seems to be going your way. You can't do anything right, and everything seems to be going wrong. A lot of things just keep happening. We go through these seasons in life. We experience incredible amounts of failure. We start to doubt ourselves, maybe we go through these seasons to think, I'm not good enough, I'm not pretty enough, I'm not handsome enough, I'm not hardworking enough, I'm not strong enough, uh, I'm, I'm too weak, I'm too ugly, I'm too poor. Uh, we believe these lies all the time, and we go through these seasons. Uh, we may walk through these seasons with confidence, though, to go, you know what, there's not a lot of work to do and I need money, but, but uh, I'm a good worker. And I'm going to work hard regardless. Uh, there's seasons that we go through that they can be of great challenge, but we will be okay. And this is what David talks about when he talks about green pastures. And so if you thought I was going to tell you that you're going to get rich today because God's going to make you rich, you're, you're wrong. You could ignore that part of the, the message because it's just simply not true. If you were to step back from this scene after it rains, you will see a little bit. There might be another picture there, Chad that you can put up next, I think. Maybe you can see it. Nope, I didn't put it in there. Is there one more or is that the last one? Ah, there it is. There's the last one. So you can see there's a little bit more green in this picture. This is kind of what happens after it rains and after a season of rain. uh, We can see quite a bit of greenery start to show up in the desert. And it's these seasons that maybe they provide us some of the best rest. Uh, these green pastures, these are the green pastures the Bible talks about. The photo that you can see here is during the rainy season. But you see how sparse it is in that picture right now? Just imagine what it's like when it's not the rainy season, when it's dry, when it's barren. You saw the last picture there, that there was really not very much to take advantage of. Now, let's go, let's go back to that last picture, Chad. Chad. And uh, again, we're going to talk about these lines. These are the paths that the sheep would follow along. And what's fascinating is that in between some of those paths, which we'll talk about, I'm really excited about, as you can tell. I keep saying it. You're like, Just preach it already. I can't. I told my wife I was got too far ahead for next week's messages because it's so cool. It's just so incredibly cool how profound it really is. It's so simple, but it's so profound at the same time. You probably can't see, but in between these lines, there are little tufts of grass, little sprigs of grass that pop up. And the the reason they pop up is because um, at night... The wind wind tends to blow from the west, which means it blows over the Mediterranean Sea. And if you don't know, the Mediterranean Sea is water. And water creates humidity in the air. And as the wind blows, it brings that humidity, which we hate in the summertime because it just makes us sweat, and we sweat, and we still have a shower, and we're still wet, even when it's humid, it's gross. But in the desert, we actually want that humidity, because what happens overnight, the humidity comes, and a little bit of dew gets on the ground, a little bit of moisture penetrates the ground, and out of that ground, the little seeds that still exist, that were planted a long time ago, in the seasons of dryness, from the seasons of plentiful, the moisture hits those seeds, and those little bits of grass start to pop up. And as they pop up through the, through the ground, the shepherd leads the sheep along these trails, along these paths, and they get to pick up every little piece at a time, and they get to graze. Now, I was reading a little bit in some places, um, the trails, depending on how, on how steep the ridge is, they, they actually space them out just enough so that there can be sheep on both sides of the trails, and they're big enough, and the trails are narrow enough that their mouths can actually reach in and meet each other in the middle. So all the grass that grows in between can be used to feed the sheep. And when they've exhausted that part of the field, they just continually move forward every little step, and they take a little sprig of grass here, they take another step, another little sprig of grass here, they take another step, and a little bit more grass here. It's kind of like if I gave Frank the coffee, I gave Corey the creamer, and I gave Elizabeth the sugar, and you'd go from one step here to get your coffee, one step here to get your creamer, and one step here to get your sugar, or if you're like me, you would just go to Frank and that's enough, because Frank, you're enough. This morning... Jesus is enough, so we'll just pretend that Frank is Jesus today, and it's a pretty good example, if you ask me. Most of the time, right? That's right. So we look at this and we say, "God, you make me lie down in green pastures." And we look at this picture and we see and just imagine the sheep as they as they take these little sprigs. Of grass. It's just a little bit at a time. Just a little bit at a time, and a little bit at a time, and a little bit at a time. And they keep moving forward. They can't move backwards. They can't eat where they've already been because there's no grass there. They keep moving forward. There's a message in there somewhere. Someone should preach at that sometime. But they keep moving forward. It's not a lot, but here's the key to this verse it's not a lot, but it's enough. It's not a lot. But it's enough. They take a little bite, they walk a little further, they get another little bite. The shepherd leads the sheep through the sprigs until each sheep has had a chance to eat. It's not a lot of grass, but it's enough for today. It's enough for today's meal. The shepherd meets all of our needs. When we follow the Lord, he meets all of our needs. It's how God shepherds us. He doesn't lead us to to green, lush green pastures where we have everything in abundance. We may have seasons in our lives where we just we feel really blessed, and, and we're gonna we can talk about stewardship and and how God has given us lots of resources. We can talk about the parable of the talents, where God gives a little bit to one, a little bit more to another, and a lot to the third, and we can, we can apply all those principles and they're great, they're wonderful, they're amazing. Some of us, God has blessed us with more, but the thing is, is when God blesses you with more, he gives you more responsibility to be good stewards of more. That's all that comes down to. So either way, you have enough and you have more than enough, but God leads us along the right paths through the little sprigs to give us enough just for today, not just to lead us to a field of abundance. And tomorrow, he will lead us again. He will lead again to other parts to supply our daily needs. Some days he may bless us with a lot, some days he may bless us with a little, but the point is is that he will always give us enough. Whatever our need is, if we need a little bit more rest, we need a little bit more counsel, a little bit more wisdom, whatever we have need of in that moment, God will provide Now, as for actually lying down or laying down in green pastures, the shepherd creates enclosures where the sheep can rest safely at night. Not only does he provide provision and places to eat, but God provides rest, which is sort of what we talked about last week. And God provides a safe place to rest. And David is reflecting on this as a shepherd. He would gather his sheep, put them in a cave, put them in a fold. And instead of building a door, he would be the door. The shepherd would lay down or sit at the gate, one, to keep the sheep from wandering, but to keep out any of the predators that would come try to take, steal, steal, kill, or destroy the sheep. He provides a safe place for us in our green pastures. It's a safe place. No matter the circumstance around, no matter how treacherous, no matter what part of the mountain they found themselves in, when it was time to rest, the shepherd made sure the sheep had a safe place to sleep. If you could say sheep had a safe place to sleep 10 times fast, I will give you the $2, the $4 in my pocket without error, of course. But God always gives a restful, peaceful place to sleep in his presence. God offers his peace and contentment. This is the word I think that's probably key to the verse today is this word contentment or this word content. He gives it to us every day to those who seek it. Now, I'm not telling you you can't pray and ask God for more if you need more. Maybe God's given you a vision and you need more to see the vision come to pass. That's fine. You can ask God for more and he will provide all of the needs that you have. But the shepherd supplies and he manages our needs. The green pastures, we think of something completely different. If left to our imaginations, we'd have rolling hills of abundance. We could roam wherever we wanted. We could eat as much as we want. We could do whatever we want and go where we want. We would never have to worry. That's not the place that God brings us. He never brings us to a place where we have to worry because he tells us, I'm going to get to this in a minute, do not worry, I will provide. If this is how we lived in a state of contentment, in a rolling field of abundance, uh, the sheep would not need the shepherd to lead them or to guide them. And a sheep left to the, on their own is a dangerous thing. They may have enough to eat. They can roam the hills all they want. But if they start to wander away from the shepherd in the abundance that's provided, they don't need the shepherd, at least in their own minds. And they open themselves up to harm. Because if they walk away from the shepherd, who's going to protect the sheep? If they get lost in the, in the glory of the, of the abundance, who's going to protect the sheep at night? Who's going to f- provide them a safe place to drink From the still water, which we will talk about another week. How will they find rest if they have nowhere to sleep? Because they've wandered in their abundance. It's easy for us to get so sidetracked. And it's easy for us, I think especially in the West, because we live in a society of abundance. We have have a lot. And God has given us a lot so that we can bless a lot. And uh, we can never take for granted the blessings that God is given to us. As the shepherd leads and he brings us to green pastures, we only need to worry about right here and right now. Now, some of you are planners. Some of you are strategists and you, you plan it out and that's wonderful skills. I wish I was more like that sometimes. I'm like, here and now, let's do, let's go and we'll worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. Now, that's not always good leadership, I know. We learn strategy, we build a plan, nothing wrong with plans, but here's the thing that we want to catch this morning, is Matthew 6:34. I would encourage you to read this another time, the whole passage, but Matthew 6:34, right at the end of my page here, uh, says this: "Therefore," and I the reason I say "Therefore, is because it's the end of, of instruction." Part of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus' words, he says, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough troubles of its own. Do not worry about tomorrow. The shepherd will take care of you today, and he will take care of you tomorrow. You may not see the green fields and have abundance right in front of you, But you know that when you wake up in the morning, the shepherd's going to take you and he's going to hit you with his staff. And if you're too stubborn, he's going to smack you with the rod and it's going to hurt. He's going to get you moving. He's going to get you going. And if you're really, really, really like me and you're really stubborn sometimes, he's going to take the little crook of the shaft he's going to grab you by the neck and he's going to yank you to make you follow. Some of us need a good tug on the throat in the morning to get us going. Has anyone ever woken up? Someone just grabbing you by the neck saying, get out of bed? teenagers? Remember high school? Anything like that? Nope. Um, I was never like that. Never. I was stubborn like that, but I usually got out of bed after my alarm went off for the sixth, seventh time in high school. And then I would be late because I had to walk to school across the field anyways. It worked out in my favor because the teacher would make us stay late after uh, every time we were late, we had to write on the board how many minutes late we were for school. And then uh, when we hit 45 or 50 minutes, we'd have to spend lunch break with the teacher for that time. But I had a really nice teacher, so I like spending time with her. And uh, so it was worked out. Anyways, that's uh, irrelevant for today. Just making sure you're awake. But don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow, we'll take care... Of itself, tomorrow will bring its own worries. For now and today, let God take care of you today and trust that He will be with you tomorrow. No matter the season, no matter how dry the season feels, God is with you. Now, the other thing that we need to pay attention to is the fact that sheep are not very intelligent, but one thing they do from a very early age, from the moment they're born, they learn, they're trained to hear the shepherd's voice. And the word trained is important for us to to pay attention to because, because it's not just assumed that the sheep will follow the voice of the shepherd. No, it's something they have to learn. They have to be trained. They have to hear the shepherd's voice often in order to know where to go and when to go. In order for the Lord and the shepherd to provide for them, for the Lord to provide for us, we need to know the shepherd's voice. When God is calling us and leading us, we need to know what that sounds like to know where we're supposed to go. And this is sort of the precursor again to next week's message to kind of get you ready as as we talk about the the Lord leading us and guiding us. There are so many options in life. There are so many roads that you can take in life, especially like nowadays. We tell kids they can be whatever they want to be. We can do whatever you want to do. Uh, What are you passionate about? Follow the passion. All those are great positive messages. I've preached them. I teach them. We do them all the time. But the the, the simple fact is, is if you don't know the voice of the shepherd, if you don't know the voice of the Lord, how do you know which way to go? If you want to be brought to green pastures, you have to follow the voice of the shepherd. If you want to live a life that is in abundance, you have to follow the voice of the Lord. We need to do it regularly, often. We need to often regularly do it. I said it in a number of ways so that you would remember. It's easy to praise God when we get to the top of the mountain. Feel like we finally conquered the climb. We finally arrived and it feels so good, but we need to know the voice of the Lord to get there. We need to hear the voice of the Lord so we know which way to go, the safe way to go. And I'm going to give you a hint. These trails are there for a reason. And I'm going to give it all away. You can't just run straight up the mountain. You can't just run straight down the mountain without face planting into something. Without falling and breaking something. No, you have to literally walk around the mountain. And take one little step at a time on the right path. I'm not going to say any more because I don't want to give it all away. Now, I, I, I can't help but talk about the fact that sometimes... The grass might look greener on the other side. Uh, have you ever, has anyone ever tried the grass on the other side of the fence before? You don't have to put up your hand. You can just give me a nod and a wink. That's fine. But have you ever tried the grass on the other side of the fence before? Is it any better? No, it's just the same grass. Well, he looks better over there. I want that grass. Give my kids three different bowls of ice cream. Well, that one looks better than mine. Well, that one looks better than mine. He's got more than No, that's exactly the same. You can put it all in the measuring cup. They got more chocolate milk than I do. It doesn't matter. Everyone always thinks it looks better than it actually is. But we live in this state of contentment, and we trust that God has provided for, for us, for me. Like, we're supposed to live in faith and community, but God also connects with us personally. And what I need might be different than what Elizabeth needs from the Father in a moment. So how come you've blessed Bill and not Corey? They live in the same house. Well, I don't know. God gave Bill what Bill needed and God gave Corey what Corey needed. God gave Bill to Corey and God gave Corey to Bill. That's the way it is right now in this season, right? We need to learn this idea of contentment. I don't care if the grass looks greener on that side of the hill. If God wants me to have that grass, he will lead me there. It's the way it's true. It's just the way it is. The grass might look greener on the other side, but if it's not the path the shepherd is leading you, and you only know if that's the way the shepherd is leading you if you know the sound of his voice. Left to our own imaginations, left to our own uh, uh, strengths and abilities, we're going to run for the grass that looks better all the time. And we don't care how we have to get there. We will do it because I tell you what, so many times I'm out there, that just looks better. Like the perfect example of this is when you go to the grocery store and there's three cashiers or if you go to the city, there's multiple cashiers and you try to pick the line that's going to get you out of the store the fastest. I don't know about you, guaranteed, if I pick the line, something's going to happen. It's going to be the slowest line in the entire store. I will not pick, but if I follow my wife, She knows exactly the line to pick because she is blessed most of the time. Anyways, I don't want to get into too much of the grocery store talk. I think you get the point. The point is this. Do not worry about tomorrow. Rest in the provision that God provides today. Whether he makes you lie down or he lets you lie down. Being in the presence of Jesus, walking close is the same as a sheep in a never-ending field of green. In fact, I would argue you might even be more content than a sheep left to roam in a free green field. But the feelings of abundance, I think, are the same. When you follow the leading of the shepherd, you never feel like you go without. You feel so completely satisfied, completely filled up. It's nice not having to worry about tomorrow. Now, I don't know what we're going to eat for dinner tomorrow, but I know that Hello Fresh is coming on Tuesday, and that sounds pretty good to me most of the time. Sometimes my wife orders us weird things from HelloFresh and I don't like them. But my kids are forced to eat it and so I eat it with a smile on my face. But at the same time, I know whether I like it or not, God has provided for me in this moment. And I'm going to be content. And when I live in a state of contentment and I allow the presence of God to lead me and I allow the voice inside, it's, it's God's presence coming alive around us, in us, and through us. It doesn't matter the season I go through, how dry it gets, how tough it gets. I know that when I'm in the presence of the Lord, it will always feel like a season of green and a season of abundance. And I pray that you have that same experience, that same feeling, that no matter what you go through, no matter the experiences that you have in this life, no matter how dry, how hard, how tough the season gets, I pray that you would always, at least in your feelings know that you're in the presence of God and you have everything that you need. You have more than you need, that you feel like you have an abundance because the Lord makes you lie down in a green pasture. It may look like the dry, barren desert, but know that there is something there for you. Now, the other side of the coin as we close today, maybe, maybe you feel like you're not worth very much, You take this picture in this desert mountain, looks at some green mountain in Scotland and goes, Well, you're greener than I am, therefore you must be better than I am. Um, Again, we can't compare ourselves to other people. God created you for you and for him. God created you as you for his purpose, so it doesn't matter what someone else's life looks like. God created you for you and for him. He's more than enough, and you are more than enough to be loved by God. Believe it or not, if someone looks way better, they're stronger, maybe they they work harder, maybe they're richer than you are, it doesn't matter. None of that matters because God has given you and provided you more than enough. Let's pray today and um, pray God's blessing over you. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your kindness towards us. But God, we also thank you for your generosity towards us to provide for us everything that we need. Lord, when we choose to follow your voice, when we choose to follow your leading, Lord, we know that we will never be without anything. Lord, there's nothing that we will lack when we are in your presence. And so I pray now, Lord, wherever we find ourselves in, whatever season we find ourselves in, or if it's a building season, Lord, would you put our hands to work to build, Lord, towards a future that you've provided for us. Lord, if we are living in a season of abundance, let us be generous. Let us be a blessing. Let us give freely to those who are in need, O oh God. Let us lead them to Jesus through your generosity to us, through your blessing. Let me recognize today we are blessed to bless. Lord, if we're somewhere in between or we're just going through a really tough time, I pray that we would find rest. For those who need rest today, would you bring their mind, put it at ease? Lord, the burdens we carry, Lord, would you take them from us now and let us never pick them up again. Lord, let us never worry about tomorrow. Let us set our mind on the things of your kingdom. Let us seek the things of God before anything else. Lord, let us not worry about where tomorrow's provision is going to come from, but Lord, let us just rest and focus on the green pastures that we're in today. And God, we recognize that these green pastures doesn't mean we get to sit around and be lazy, but Lord, we're always moving forward. We're always taking a step closer to you. Lord, and you're with us as we take a step closer to the plans and purposes you have for us. So today, fill us with your promise of your joy, the promise of hope, and the promise of provision today. Let us be content in all that we have and all that we say and all that we do. Lord, would you go before us and continue to work through us in your spirit this week. In your name I pray, amen.